0: Well, 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 we are here, the pop-apologist, Chandler. We're here. I have to just start off a, giving a slight disclaimer. I might be a little bit slow to the take. I might not have as many quippy one-liners as I typically do, I'm a little bit tired. I have been working on a very long project for work that required me to wake up and virtually shoot a commercial from, commercial sounds weird, not a commercial, a video at like 1, at 1 a.m or 2am, both the past two nights. So I'm really tired and that I'm making excuses right off the bat here. So I'm sorry to the listeners for the excuses that I'm making, but here they are. Well, at least you're straightforward. At least you're transparent. I think this is an excellent way to kick off our career on YouTube because we are recording video and we are going to be putting this on YouTube. So, um, viewers watchers of the pod on youtube we'll probably get like honestly actually what's embarrassing about putting this on youtube channel i don't know if you thought Ugh, about that literally thought, was thinking about this right before we recorded it's like people will be able to tell how many times it's been viewed so it's gonna uh, probably for like a year it's gonna be like 322 views after like a year of being I was thinking about how you're going to be able to like very easily find like a lot of video footage of me online, which is not something I ever envisioned for my life. (laughs) I was not planning on being this accessible, at least like, you know, video wise. But I guess here we are, for better or for worse. You're not going to be as enigmatic and mysterious as you once envisioned for your future self. But listen, I never thought that... As an adult, my life would be comprised of living in Puerto Rico and talking about celebrities on the internet, and you know, also. Anyway, I never even I thought I'd be on a farm long ago with some Ralph Lauren model, like raising our free range children, reading Tolstoy. None of that came to fruition, people. Nothing is as you thought it would be, and that's just what you have to accept. Life is a highway. See, this is like, a are, winding road. this is the level of jokes I'm going to be able to make. <laughs> yes. It's a winding road. And you know what? You just have to accept the person that you've become and the dreams you've deserted. That's my, that's your the movie. message I always try to impart to young women. Mm-hmm. It's that really just try to know that everything that you've ever hoped for your life will likely not come to pass. No dream will come to fruition. Um, Men will fail no, you every you know, time. Do, and I men will fail you every time. That's one of our one of our quotes from our father. It's super heartwarming. Yeah. And you know, that's just something you have to accept. But life will also yield you. This is like the good news. This is the good news, as they say. Life will also yield you unexpected surprises. Like I never thought my life would look how it is today, but I'm also so super happy and like incandescently Did this, happy with how my life is. I feel looks like it's just turned into like Lauren's on Oprah. And sometimes 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 god gives you what you need not what you want that's what i've learned oh, throughout my time ladies I just, it's something about the way your robe keeps like slipping and you're just like my life is just incandescent now well okay so here's the thing i really am trying to pull off the one shoulder vibe mm-hmm. because that's a very kardashian vibe right right it's a very like cool girl vibe the one shoulder because mm-hmm. if you're wearing a jacket if you want to be cozy but you also like want to be sexy got, you pull out the shoulder right, right you gotta show a shoulder gives you gotta show a shoulder it gives you a little bit of shape gives you a little bit of definition i mean i shows you i love wearing a physique. jacket that's just on my shoulders i like fully own the fact that that's in an, some annoying behavior that i participate in whatever oh you mean like with the arms with yeah, the flaps yeah. Hanging. your arms not on uh, yeah. the sleeves i like that too i instantly feel I, famous oh. whenever i wear a jacket that's yes. not um, my arms aren't yes. through this. I shoulders. feel richer. I feel more famous. Oh more yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those things. Totally. And honestly, like, what are better things to feel? So it's an incredible strategy if you want your self-confidence right. to go up a little bit and you want people other people to think you're an asshole. Like it's an incredible thing. People will recommend. respect you more if you do that. Oh, people will be like, wait, I'm sorry. Like she doesn't need a reservation at this restaurant. Like Clearly, we don't know who she is, but she's, she's someone. someone and we need to take her seriously because do you see the way her jacket's just gracefully like hanging off her shoulders? At least, her, it you know, down. they keep it up. Yeah. Yep. yep totally. Totally. Um, there's a jewelry brand working with her right now to show off those mm-hmm. clavicles, 100%. No, but here's the dark reality is I kind of, you know what, I can feel the air against my shoulder and I really prefer to be wrapped cozily. Well, can I, tell you that? I mean, can I admit that at, to you? you're you in a committed relationship? I think if there was ever a time for you to feel like you could just wrap yourself up and not feel like you had to, you know, keep it sexy all the time, now would be the time. Well, thank you. Um, well, I'm glad I got my—I I could bare my shoulder for the first part of this episode, mm-hmm. and now I can get cozy for the latter part. Here's something I recently realized: I was looking back through old photos at my uh, previous job, and I feel like I dressed—not to use mom's words. Oh, excuse me. Not to use mom's words, but I feel like I dress pretty immodestly at my old job. And Oh, really? Yeah. So I was looking at some photos of myself. I think I was going back through my old phone and looking for, I don't know, to post for someone's birthday or something. And I saw all these photos of myself at my previous job. And I was showing a lot of shoulder. Not only was I showing a lot of shoulder, and I, I don't have like a huge bosom, if you will. So I always felt like I could wear a tank top and not you know, feel like I was a- exposing sure. too much of myself. But I saw these photos where not only am I showing shoulder, I'm showing bra strap. Like I'm Courtney oh. in high school with like a white, white yeah. pink top. And I was actually slightly mortified. And then I was like, you go girl. I was like, kind of proud of myself. You go girl. Yeah. Well, two things about that one is i was just you know advertised on instagram from madewell a work look and it was like where to work and like when you go back to the office and it was like fully a skirt that went four inches past the crotch and i was like in what world is this appropriate in what world should we wear mini skirts to work and then i also remembered like what i would wear at my last job and i'm like oh wait in the world I used to inhabit when I would wear mini skirts right. to Right. You work. would wear like an exercise dress to work. Well, here's the thing. My old job, literally our receptionist got in trouble and I won't say her name, but she got in trouble because she would wear like Daisy Duke booty shorts like Daisy Duke denim shorts at the front office. And it would be so intense that you could see like part of the butt cheek. And I guess that's where my office uh, drew the line. Right. Well, that's that's interesting. I mean, growing up in a beach town, that sounds about right for the company you worked at. Yeah, Yeah, totally. So yeah, but I do work from home has made me dress more modestly. So mom, you can feel good about that because for whatever reason, maybe it's – actually, no. It has nothing to do with work from home. It has everything to do with the fact that I live somewhere cold now, so I have to wear more clothing. Well, also, like, does it matter if you're dressing modestly if no one can well, see I you? Well, I have my camera on all day long. Like, I don't really take very – Oh, god. Gotcha. It's not okay. – like, the vibe at my job is not, like, camera off. Like, every time I join a meeting, almost every single person has their camera on. Unless, like, you kind of have to, like, give a reason for why your camera's off, or at least I feel compelled to do so. Oh, really? <laughs> because if everyone has their camera on – you're kind of like, someone will be like, hey, are you here? You're like, oh yeah, I just, you know, I'm out and about. I'm out of pocket or whatever. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early Bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern. So you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone at why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Well, that's hilarious because at the job I was at before this, before I was laid off due to COVID, my illustrious career before March of 2020 or April, 2020, I, this most stunning impact of COVID for me in my life was being able to take a hot shower in the morning and then be on a call five minutes later in my towel, lying face down in bed, Just like, like, all right, Lauren, so what's your recap for the day? What are the things you're going to like, what are you going to tackle? What are the things we can help you with? Any questions for the team? And I'd be like, thank you so much. (laughs) You know, my hair is fully in a towel. Um, I've (laughs) just stepped out of the bath. I am half naked and I'm fully BSing. I do not have like the window open. I'm not looking at the presentation. And anyway, maybe that has something to do with the fact that I was unceremoniously (laughs) let go. Yeah, that's amazing. I th- I don't think I've, I've yet to take a meeting in that way, but I mean, you never know. There's still time. There's still time. It sounds like your job is perhaps a little bit more demanding than mine was, but here we are. Here we are. This is a funny part of you guys. For new watchers slash listeners, if you go back to our first episode, you will hear me having just been laid off and Chandler having not only having a great job, but being courted by a major tech company to work for. So it's quite the um, juxtaposition. It's quite the juxtaposition, if you will. And let's just say several breakdowns ensued on my behalf. It was actually like fairly dark to be like 29 and laid off, like fully out of work, having no clue what I'm going to do because I didn't want to do what I was doing before. And then having my like 24-year-old sister like entertaining six-figure job offers and thinking about it. First of all, I just laugh because yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that was a, do you remember these days? I do remember these days. I also like the timing of me getting my new job was very, was very strange. Like I had started to interview pre-COVID. I'd just been in talks with like a, a headhunter and a recruiter. And then like a month later, like three weeks into COVID, like then they were like, all right, so you're interviewing now. This is like real. And I mean, I didn't even think that anything was going to happen. Nevertheless, it was quite the moment to be being like wooed while I was being fired. I mean, like it was, it was kind of a bummer moment because I also still feel this way that like, I feel very fortunate to have gotten like this job. that's like, you know, been sort of a dream job for me in the midst of like everyone losing their jobs and especially like women you know like i don't know if you've read any of the st- statistics about the she session which is what they're calling it but like the fact that basically every person who was laid off in december of 2020 was a woman and you mean march of 2020 no. no 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 at the end of, like the like the latest round of like the majority of people who left the workforce as of december 2020 maybe not laid off were women. women so like, there's like a full because they had <laughs> to bear the brunt of the workload. actually, like, all I've been thinking about with my current campaign that I'm working on is, like, women are bearing the brunt of this pandemic in such a, like, a insane way that, like, we're literally going to be, like, set back as, like, society because of, like, the impact that this is having on, like, with the workforce, females in the workforce. I mean, I definitely don't want to take such a dark look at it because I'm hoping that we're going to be back to normal with the miracle of the vaccine. But I will say that, and I think a lot of times, like, you know, there can be very splashy headlines. Oh, I'm not, I'm not like quoting but, you headlines know, for the record. Like, I'm not trying to say that, you know, like the world will never be the same, although actually it won't be. But, but like women have been the most hard hit by this. And I mean, it's like, what did we expect? For sure. Well, that and that's the thing is it's like, there's just so much that you do, even as a childless woman. There's so much that you do that just, be, it's just, I don't know what it is, but it's like an innate drive. It's an innate drive to be like, did we get this person a wedding gift? You right. know, what? It's like, oh, there's so many things that guys, and I, I don't want to stereotype, you know, Chandler's cancel police. So she's here to help me not get canceled. But I don't want to stereotype. No, but I I mean, there's just so many things that guys really don't think about that girls think about and women think about. And it's, it creates such a well, burden. I mean, you know? it's just, it's literally a fact of like life and biology and society and social norms that like women shoulder far more of the burden and like in the social sense, in the like home sense, like in every possible way, mm-hmm. like there's just like, there's no comparing the two because like, it's very rare to find like a 50, a true 50, 50 split in like workload of like taking care of a family and relationship. Yeah, there's no getting mm-hmm. around it. And I think that when you when it comes to the pandemic, I think that it's an untenable situation. And we're, this is like not generally- We're we not podcast. 60 Minutes Excuse or like the Atlantic. Barbara Walters is shaking her head right now th- saying, leave it to me. All of my <laughs> knowledge is essentially like the piecemeal like bits of information I remember from listening to The Daily. So don't take any of this as fact. Yeah, totally. But I will say that, you know- women just they're the ones that generally kids turn to demand more of and who feel inclined and are paying more attention and to their children and i okay i feel already i'm like entering into dark territory but ultimately that's just i think oh 100%. Like, and it's just the reality and so of course women have been more like hit by this pandemic before even before this they were doing way mm-hmm, more housework mm-hmm more like domestic labor Mm -hmm. than men and then once you're no longer you don't have a school to be taking care of your kids you're with your kids all the time of course women are going to be taking the brunt so anyway and thank god thank goodness we don't have children yeah not yet at least you know during this time you never know It was something I wished for beforehand, and now I'm just glad I I didn't in 2020 and 2021. But fingers crossed for 2022, people. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it's like, you know, hats off to you, Courtney, because you and I still basically only have ourselves to worry about, so we can't even really speak to Totally. Courtney's our sister for anyone new to the pod, and she has four children, and she somehow manages it with beauty, gray style, everything, all of which I can't even muster without, with, without. Children. I mean, I'll, I'll so, be honest. There are some things that are sacrificed. Like I can't get a text back. So, you know, it's not like she's not perfect. Courtney dresses better at home with four children than I do childless just with my right, fiance. I'm not sure what that says, except for negative things about me. Yeah. But yeah. Whatever. Courtney will be in a pair of jeans before 9am, which is, I think is is, it's unnerving hard denim, hard denim Levi's Mm -hmm. before Mm 9am. You know, that's just not, that's a level of coarseness that I'm not cut Mm -hmm. out for. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can we get into, let's get into fun topics of the week, shall we? The first that I really want to talk with you about was Kim Kardashian posting on Instagram, a emo, like subtle message to her ex post that has left me Shaken and reeling ever since. Yes. Is- Are you talking about the vid- footage outside of the car with the dri- the song Driver's License so playing? Yes, I am aware. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for the listeners, we're going to play it really quick. So you can get an idea of exactly what we're talking about. But Kim Kardashian, as we all know, has ha- it was rumored she was getting divorced about – uh, six weeks ago, and now she has officially filed. This is something I predicted actually in the first episode of our podcast. So uh, what a throwback. It took us 45 episodes She's truly later. A sage. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm threatening the job of all the seers mm-hmm. out there. Okay. where? Um, hold on. Exactly. Okay. So I'm going to play this for everyone. You know, just do what you can. I would say, in this moment. Steal yourself away. not burst into tears. Exactly. Okay, so for context for this video, Kim is driving to Palm Springs. That's very clear from the windmills. If you're, you know, Southern California Right, if you've ever been to Coachella, you will recognize these windmills. If you ever shopped at the Polo Ralph Lauren outlet in the Clarence section, you'll know exactly where she is, 100%. So she posts this with neutral tone hearts, brown, green, various shades of neutrals, and then knife emojis, okay? And listen to these lyrics. Hear her. Hear what she's saying. All my friends are tired Of hearing how much I miss you I, I kinda feel sorry for them Cause they'll never know you the way that I do Yet today I drove through the cellar And pictured I was driving first what? time you've heard this song it is okay the I've heard this so song. you're about a month late to the driver's license debacle yes. i know the general i know the generational divide it's coming out <laughs> so- um, but i've never heard this song before it's nothing to do with the generational divide. you actually are much more on the front of the like the frontier of things but i just wanted to make it very clear that this song in and of itself is a whole episode oh really? yeah really yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll do. Well, a little I mean, about it. basically, yeah. It's that girl who sings it is literally, I think, is seventeen, and she's actually oh, friends really? with. I only saw this on Facebook. Maybe this is weird to Chloe, but Chloe East, or like devoted, like childhood friend and listener, is good friends with her. But she's like a teen actor and oh interesting and the I song mean, is she was talking about getting her driver's license in the right in the so song. Well, you would hope she's not 32 right. or something anyways this, there was like a song and then there was like because the song's really good then there was like a rebuttal song and then there was like another rebuttal song by his new girlfriend there was a rebuttal no, song by him and then another saga. song from his girlfriend from his new girlfriend that blonde. wait. none like, of them are as good as driver's license like it's like I'm getting my tractors license. I'm getting my motorcycle license. I mean, they license. all look like eleven to me. just like a very commercial right, licenses. Right. I'm getting my get, business license, and and I'm getting my my and <laughs> license. I'm getting my beer and wine license. I'm getting my esthetician's license. <laughs> no, no, no one. None of the songs are as good as Driver's License. But, anyways, Driver's License is this whole saga. So I thought it was interesting that Kim used this song. Yeah. Well, I mean, the lyrics themselves, I'm driving through suburbia. I mean, let's just – shall we? I will read the lyrics. Roll footage. Um, Roll footage. And all my friends are tired of hearing how much I miss you, but I kind of feel sorry for them because they'll never know you the way I do. Yeah, today I drove through the suburbs and pictured I was driving home to you and I know we weren't perfect and I've never felt this way for no one and I just can't imagine how you could be so okay now that I'm gone. I guess you didn't mean, this like cuts so deep, I have the chills. I don't know if I can read it. I guess you didn't mean what you wrote in that song about me because you said forever and now I drive alone past your street. I don't know if I can finish this episode. I know. And then you think about, should we play only one? It's extremely moving. Oh, we, we can. I actually thought about one. listening to it when I was moving through these emotions this past weekend, and I was like, I can't. Ugh. I mean, emotionally reckoning with the dissolution of this marriage is something that I think as a nation, we're going to be, you know, grappling with for probably generations yeah. to come, not only decades. I mean, as women return to the workforce, like, we will move through this. I'm a person planning a wedding, and how can I do that? How can I form a union Mm -hmm. when perhaps one of our greatest unions is being dissolved unceremoniously? Mm -hmm. I don't. The only, only, you know. It's disrespectful, frankly. Absolutely. I think I'm going to tell Kagan (laughs) that our engagement's off. Call it off, baby. I mean, and then this on top of the Tim and Faith selling there. I mean, it's just marriage is a sham. I have no faith in (laughs) marriage. I have no faith in love. I don't even think that men and women should be together. Okay, wait. Tell me. I want to know. And because there's a the thing, Jen. This was a very pedestrian move, right? Like this brought me back to yesteryears. I will if say, I, yeah. Um, times, like time. Let's just say that posting emotional poetry lyrics, these were things I indulged in too much. I mean, I had a gluttony of such of such activities. If- in my youth. If only I had had access to like a social media platform, like when I was in my early years, like I would have, I would have done this left and right. I think I've never felt more emotion than I than I have on the four hundred five freeway driving, maybe to grandma's house, like on a Sunday. Like we had a forty five minute car oh ride gosh. where everyone basically listened to music, um, and I don't think I've ever felt as deeply as in those moments. Well, I mean, what about? Okay, I want to talk to you about though, not just the moments of rumination Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. shall we but let's talk about the moments of embarrassing um internet displays of of um ennui of moroseness you know i will just say that this harkened back to my days of posting very very transparent obvious Away messages on AOL Instant Messenger. That was a classic way of being emo back in the day, you guys, and trying to get you know some sort of message across to your beloved. Um, but Chandler, what was your favorite way of signaling? Signaling on. I way? mean, I feel like there was a time in my life where I was posting Instagrams of Bright Eyes lyrics, like. There was a yeah, Bright Eyes song that was like, there's a Bright Eyes song called Lua and it's about, I think he's dating smoke bulimia. I was maybe 13 and I felt like this song had never hit me harder. I'm lucky enough to have never had an eating disorder, but I, I felt it in my bones deep within me. Um, It's, it was written for I mean, you. Bright Eyes was truly some of the saddest music of all time. And I had no, I had, I had undergone zero tragedies basically up until that point. <laughs> But it was... She'd experienced virtually zero sadness. Yeah. Zero sadness whatsoever, but nonetheless, um, big bright eyes girl had a, had a tote bag and everything. Um, so, but one of my favorite moments is when I've actually been on the uh, receiving end of these uh, emotional moments, when someone's posted something that's a little bit... Um, someone, someone an, an ex-boyfriend of mine posted something after we'd broken up, he'd started dating someone new, and the caption was cryptic and it was totally directed at me. And I've literally never felt like I felt an intense amount of like sadness for it. But then I also felt an immense amount of pride that I'd driven, that I'd driven oh. a 31 year old man to this level. There honestly is nothing more validating. And I wish I had known this back in my youth, back when I participated in these cringeworthy activities, but there's nothing more validating for the other party. Literally. Than when you post super cringy post about someone else. I mean, or, or cryptic messages. One of my favorite memes ever is this girl and she's just like looking like this and she's looking at the camera. And she's like, he don't care, girl. Go to sleep. Don't <laughs> post the quote. And it's, so, it's true. so true. It's so true. Do you want to hear what the caption don't was? Don't post the quote. Do you want to hear what the photo and the caption was? Oh, yeah. I, what he said? Yes, So definitely. it was a photo of his new girlfriend. Um, oh, wait, he posted about you when talking to so it was a, it, it was girlfriend? like a photo of her, like whatever getting like um like a hike or something and he said new friends can often have a much better time together than old friends. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry but if you're talking about an ex while posting um, about your current girlfriend public, in a public Instagram you know who are you really Who are you really into? That's my question. Who are you really Mm -hmm, thinking about? mm -hmm. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm -hmm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder.
1: and let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna, that's D-A-N-A, on your podcast app.
0: Um. Okay. Well, in other news, Chandler, um, I wanted to talk to you about a TikTok I saw this week. So Recently, this TikTok came out and I woke up to it because a dear friend of the pod, Maddie from the Bad Broadcast, she talked about about it and the fact that it made her angry. And so I want to talk about the message here.
2: This might be the most sexist thing I'll ever say because I, I don't really agree with it. But at the same time, like when I start looking around, I'm like, you're right. But do girls have hobbies? Whoa, man. Where did that come from? No. They just like literally just can't record. I know. There's a select few but it's rare
0: for a girl to have a hobby, like a camaraderie hobby. Like a-, okay. what? a camaraderie so hobby? He goes on to say like, like skateboarding, like where you all go to a skate park. I mean, they're like dumb 15 year olds. So I can't believe they have a podcast. Here's my, it's too easy. Uh, it, it's dark. It's dark. Um, there really needs to be more barriers for entry. But um, here's my thought. Of course, at first I'm like, how dare they? How dare they? We have interests. We have hobbies. Like, We're people too, and we are, and we do. But also, like, can we normalize the idea of not having hobbies? Like, what's so wrong with not having hobbies? That's my question, actually. Or or what's so wrong with having your hobbies be extremely routine and pedestrian and, you know, like something like getting your nails done or luxuriating, if you will? Like, why does a hobby have to be something that's hard to do? Why does it have to be a skill you have to master? That's what I don't why understand. Be, why does it have to be something where you're putting your body in danger, like surfing or skateboarding, mm-hmm. or any? Why do? You, why do? You, why does it even have to be something that requires exertion? Right. Right. Okay. Let's talk about resting as a hobby. A, Let's talk about a twenty-minute walk. Massage that's a hobby. That's a little much for me, sure. but yeah, it could yeah. be. Um, it could be. I I feel like the hobbies things always always comes up with me. It's, it's something I struggle with to this day. Well, my favorite part about it is like, hey, so just so you know, as a society, we expect you to not only um, someday have children, also have a career, Mm -hmm. be like a power woman Mm -hmm. building your empire, you know, girl boss, boss. Meanwhile, you do 75% of the labor in the home. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. You bear the children. You, you know, are a, a nurturing mother. A, you know, a powerhouse in the boardroom. And then not only that, freaking the sheets. you work out. Of course. You keep freaking the sheets. Keep a toned body. Oh, and I'm sorry. Wait. I'm sorry. But w- wait. After all that, what's your hobby? Like, what's your? Are you? Do you paint on the side? I'm sorry, but there's no on the side. No. There's no on the side. There's like there's barely enough time for like the, the main dish. There's no room for side dishes. There's no room for anything else. Even as a childless woman, I don't feel like I have time for hobbies. I can barely I, find time to work out. Like yeah. I, I'm gonna call working out my hobby. I'm gonna call reading for 10 minutes before I go to bed a hobby. Like let's just let's just normalize the fact that it doesn't have to be something interesting or cool. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Beyond, like, sitting on your sectional, there's very little required. Um, I was just actually with, FK, with Kagan's friend. We were we went uh, up into the mountains this weekend, and we were chatting on the way, like, and he's been in Puerto Rico for a couple of years. So he was giving us the lay of the land and talking to us about stuff. Anyway, I was like, yeah, okay, great. Like, oh, this trail is cool. Okay. Yeah. But um, the- I was like, so what are your, what are your favorite hotels? Uh, on the island you know and he's like oh I actually haven't really been to any of the hotels like it's kind of like that's kind of like a couple thing it's like oh okay yeah yeah yeah. that's that's cool yeah I really love hotels like I was like it's just kind of like a hobby of mine going to different (laughs) hotels checking out the amenities you know discovering the view Of of course like checking out one you know um what are they called one uh not waterfall not eclipse Infinity pool. Uh, infinity, mm-hmm. sure. One infinity pool. Can, now compares to another. You can be a connoisseur of infinity pools, and that's your hobby, and that's enough. You are enough. Okay, you're you are enough. You are enough. honestly for all my children. I'm going to set them up with travel accounts on wow. social media very early on because Good for you, sis. what kind of just become a travel influencer? That if you're if you are. If you're anyone listening to this podcast, you don't don't know what you need to want to do with your life, become a travel influencer, become a five-star hotel reviewer, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay, and have your job. This is seriously, like, such a good idea. I'm thinking about doing it if my business doesn't work out or something. Like, just go to different hotels and write reviews about them. Suddenly, you have hotels paying you to go there. Free stays. It's gorgeous. I mean- That's, like, that's- Selling. find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life that's that's what i'm yeah. saying sister okay um chandler the other thing i'm dying to discuss alan v faro pharaoh mm-hmm. mm-hmm. alan v pharaoh not the not the ancient egyptian grain. Like, is this a salad <laughs> um um you watched i watched like chilling aghast i'm aghast it's like so so this is what i was thinking yeah um and doing some reflecting on it, I we didn't grow up with like cinephile. Is that the word? Is that how you would say it? Um, parents, like our parents, were not like you have to watch all of these incredible films. They're part of your education. No, our parents didn't really like care. All, like they watched movies, but they didn't like you know. Our parents weren't. They're art not connoisseurs art connoisseurs. In any like, way, yeah, shape exactly. Or That's exactly what it is. So they're comfort connoisseurs, I, which is what we get. Yeah. Around. So I didn't have any sort of like early cultural exp- exposure to Woody Allen until I was. Uh, like already like you know, a, a young woman, um you know, coming into her own. and and I think mm-hmm. actually the coming of and age. I'd already and I'd seen Annie Hall, and I remember thinking and not really realizing that Woody Allen was like the director and the star of it. Um, but that's it. And so when me too happened and Woody Allen was like a part of that conversation, didn't really bother me that he got like cancelled until, well, of okay. course, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't bother me. I didn't feel like I lost anybody. I didn't lose like a hero, like a lot of people in the documentary talk about. Um, and it wasn't mm-hmm. until like I did some like of my own research about his stepdaughter. I don't even know adopted daughter. I don't I don't even Suni. So, like, like that's when I truly realized the horror of like
1: of yeah. Woody Allen.
0: Uh, I mean. There's just no excuse. There's no rhyme like, or reason or way that this could be anything but what it is. Truly, as pop apologists, we are defenders of the family um, and the family right. union. Ugh. And so, as much as we will potentially excoriate a, a home on this podcast, I don't think there's anything we can condemn more than a guy who marries his stepdaughter. I mean, I'm. I also didn't realize that Mia Farrow had seven children when she met him. I didn't realize that she was just like this. Well, like, I mean, she'd been married before, and obviously, like, right. I mean, the idea that she had that many children and she was just like and and adopted them and adopted even more on her own, like, there was something very like wonderful and benevolent about her to me in the in the documentary, and it's just heartbreaking at the same time that she let this man in. So I think we'd be remiss to not acknowledge the fact that there are definitely opposing views to the story and that there's actually like allegations of abuse on Mia F- Faro- Faro's part. Um, Mia Faro, Not not sexual abuse, um, but um, ab- just allegations of like, you know, that she was a cruel oh, parent. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. So I don't think that, and Mia actually, before she met Woody, she was living with a couple, and she ended up breaking up that marriage. What other? What other? Like did you, you read a book not, on this? In between telling me to watch this episode. Listen, all I do is Google salacious so, things. It's literally my full time mm-hmm. hobby. That's my hobby, people. Um. Anyway, yeah, she was like living with some fam- some couple with and her she children, ended up having with, the child with her, all of her I, kids. I, like, I don't, I don't remember. How do you have time to I'm have just an saying affair when you have seven so children? She, no no this was before the okay. children. I think she w- so here's what happened. She was married. So this is actually where it's it's all a convoluted tale you guys. Um so she was married to Frank Sinatra. I don't know if you know this. When she was 21 and he was like 50. Okay. And then she ends up breaking it off with him. Their marriage only lasted 2 years and she moved in with a married couple, ended up having the child of the husband um and breaking up that marriage. So I don't think Mia Pharaoh is like a what? pristine angel, like benevolent person. Also, go ahead. What child was that? Would that have been? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what child it was, um, but I'm just saying what I remember okay. reading. So this okay. could all be false, but I think okay. I'm almost positive okay. it's true. And then she, you know, like Moses, who they talk about mm-hmm. in the film, he's written a full like blog on how Mia was abusive, like – to the kids and essentially i'm not i don't want to like paint mia as this angelic creature because i don't think that's what uh, yeah she i didn't was. know about any of this i mean and she's, yeah, she's portrayed as I, that as like this like docile like sweet woman in the documentary which is why i don't think that the documentary is is truly fair but i do think that it, it elucidates enough to make us realize that these allegations they're really 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 hard to get past like the first thing that for me is the um the smoking gun essentially is the fact that she's so concerned with his fixation on dylan who has accused him of the sexual um, impropriety or assault but she's so uh she's so hyper conscious of that that she hires a psychologist to observe woody Mm allen and then he agrees to go to therapy for it. Meanwhile, and he this is my like kid together decades ago. Yeah, and there are friends, there are peripheral people mm-hmm. in their lives interviewed in the documentary who corroborate his inappropriate right. interest in Dylan. Or, yeah, and her and her and Dylan's reaction to it. You know, strange yeah. behavior yeah. around him. There's one really, really chilling story in the documentary where one of the other adults talks about how she encountered Woody Allen teaching Dylan. And honestly, trigger warning, guys, like serious trigger warning. Um, Don't – if you have kids in the car, turn this off. Um, But she she encounters Woody teaching Dylan how to suck his thumb, which is a very, very – I've never been when I like that. when I heard that my like stomach turned over and I actually had to stop washing it like I was just like I need a break like this is like too much yeah oh it's um, 100% too much it's really revolting uh, yeah yeah and this is yeah this is like decades ago D- decades ago and I think that's okay so I've seen a lot of um, I've seen a lot of like criticism like you know Mia Farrow and Dylan they can't they can't they've been trying they've been like telling the story for decades and they can't let it go but I think for them it's not necessarily not being able to let it go but it's the fact that Woody Allen has been celebrated in his industry and has gotten away with it they want their stories to be heard Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: right they don't. It's not, and, and like acknowledged in a very widespread way. I don't think it's about not being able to let it go. Like I personally would be extremely infuriated if I felt like my abuser, and also my husband, who ended up marrying my daughter, um, was completely celebrated. Like completely. Oh, it was went beloved on an illustrious. Right. Prayer. Right. Beloved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think that's why there's still. You know. Un- I mean, that's why it's not resolved for them. So. I, the documentary is chilling you guys you need to watch it another really interesting point that someone made was i don't know if you remember this Chan, but in the documentary she says i don't know i when i had, i had seven children and i didn't know who would want me and one interesting thing i read was someone said who would want you uh someone who wanted to groom and abuse your children right like not that that's the only person you have to someone who wanted that scenario, to take advantage but- yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, want, you want to talk well, about your vulnerability and your children's I mean, vulnerability. And, and it's even more sick and twisted because, you know, he said he wanted no part of, of the children, like he, when they first started dating. Right. And so I'm sure when he showed any sort of interest in them and Dylan, like, I'm sure that would felt like, you know, a very like sweet and like loving thing, like I'm sure Mia interpreted it as that. And so to think that it was, I mean, who oh, knows if it was some sort of long con or what. But it's it's horrifying. Yeah, it's horrifying. And I mean, and I think can that... you imagine also dating someone and you have all these children and they're just like, uh, they're just like, yeah, absolutely not. I'm not interested in the slightest bit. Honestly, especially like how stunning Mia Farrow right. was. It's actually like very. Yeah, like, I get you have seven kids, but you're also a movie star. You're also stunning. Is it? I kind of think you can do better than. No offense, mean... but. Woody neither allen. you or nor i were like cognizant in like the 90s basically um like or the early 90s well, we were just children. yeah but uh, but i'm yeah. just saying like we we were both like too young to understand like or unborn in your case in the early, in the early 90s. 90s to understand the draw of woody allen but like was he that like was he this like me- i mean i guess he was and so i i'm sure that was part of the draw i have a different relationship to to woody allen's Films than you do. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, one of my favorites that he's ever done is Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I love Blue Jasmine. I love Woody Allen movies. I find them. I mean, Midnight in Paris. I find them to be delightful. I find them to be so funny and smart and interesting. Oh, oh my gosh! Though, oh my gosh. Okay, Chandler. This is this is a very juicy okay. story, and I'm not sure if you're aware okay. of it. But so in his film Manhattan. He ha- is a 44-year-old man, and his, the actress in it who plays his love interest is 17, okay? Mm-hmm. And her name is Mariel Hemingway. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Mariel mm-hmm. Hemingway mm-hmm. at all? So she was, like, featured in Outdoor Voices as, like – she's, like, you know, very fit, very um, – she's, like, very That's her first name. Now. That's not her because character's name. name. Her, no, her, her first name is Mariel Hemingway. She has daughters that are models. Their names are like Dree Hemingway. Um, and anyway, um, but she was an actress at this time and she was 17. So apparently – and she, I remember reading an Instagram post about this that she put out. But this was like probably a year ago. But she was 17 at the time. He came – the second she turned 18, she said, Woody Allen, who was 44 or 45 at the time – Flew to her family home in Idaho. She still lived, th- lived with her family, and asked her if he'd go if she'd go to Paris with him. Okay, says I'm going to take you to Paris, and she says she told, talked to her mom and dad and was like I don't I don't want to go to Paris with Woody Allen. Like it's very unclear to me what the bedroom situations are going to be, like what the expectations are. And apparently the mom and dad were like you should go. Like this is an incredible opportunity. Like you should go. You should go. So apparently Marielle. Um, at seven or at 18 went to woody and said who's that 44 45 year old man and said so I will potentially go to Paris like sounds fun but what are like I'm in my own room right apparently he left Idaho the next morning like left her family like her family home the next morning and a huff. like like in a huff and was over it and I think that Woody Allen has been displaying a predatory behavior, even in his films toward very, very young women. Mm-hmm. And that's like in a reality that's been in front well, of us. Well, and he's just such, his character is such a wolf in sheep's clothing because he's this like helpless, like, you know, buffoon. Neurotic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, who you feel mm-hmm. sorry for, who women feel sorry for and ended up falling in love with. But that's the thing. That is like the classic part of Hollywood that it's just such a lie. Because I mean, no offense, but that's the ultimate nerd fantasy, Mm -hmm. right? Is like you're this neurotic, unattractive nerd, and some super hot girl falls in love with you. And that's what I would call not reality. Like sorry, incels, it's just not reality. Um, and I guess I'm here to expose the truth. Wow. So Wow. Barbara Walters. I mean, you know, you know how I feel about that. Also, okay, as uh, a side note, anyone, yeah, everyone should read Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. Yes, you told me to read it. I mm-hmm. remember. I think it. Ronan Farrow is like maybe the one of the smartest people I've ever heard like talk. He's just like so articulate, and I, yeah, I think he's like brilliant. I mean, the Catch and Kill is interesting on like other levels. It's less like about his smarts and more just like about you know the way he um, got the, like the story out. But um, yeah, I and I didn't realize his first name was Satchel originally, which is like such an an unfortunate yeah. name. I'm glad it's Ronan. in. I'm glad it's in now. You're named I after mean, a book bag. <laughs> you're named after like a, I don't know, like a, a common a, good, a, a a distressed leather right. bag. Yeah. Um. Okay, uh, before we sign off, Jan, I think we we need to address the allegations, the accusations, the attacks by Gen Z on millennials this mm-hmm. week. Lots of attacks coming from that side of the fence. Lots of attacks. I feel personally extremely affronted. Um, One question I want to ask you: How many pairs of skinny How please. many pairs of skinny jeans do you own? It's actually a very question. Very good question. None. Now that I think about it, I really only have. Um, oh wow. I don't, I have one pair of light skinny jeans that I threw away before we we moved, but I don't really wear jeans here So Do you have have any straight leg jeans? Are straight leg jeans still in? Yeah. All my dream, all my dreams, all my dreams are straight legged. Um, all my, um, jeans, all my jeans are like, you know, that classic Levi's mom cut, but I will say I only wear jeans, very very rarely wear jeans. I don't know how you feel about this, but I personally feel that skinny jeans are flat, more flattering on everyone than mom jeans. I mean, I think, yeah, there's like there's one type of build. Well, I, I've actually like come to enjoy my body in like wide leg jeans, um, which I didn't think was possible. But I think that skinny jeans are, as far as like feeling sexy as well, I feel the most sexy in a skinny jean. Like I feel like funky and fresh. The most flattering. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like, I don't know. I actually have a pair of, a few pair of wide length jeans that I feel like, like I sometimes feel like a loose fit does look flattering rather than a super tight fit. It's not, it's it's, totally, but in general, it doesn't matter what your shape or size is. In general, you look hotter in a, in a more fitted. And also I'm just going to say all that aside, I don't want to be wearing low rise jeans ever, which is what is happening. I mean, you're not saying that low rise jeans are in, in vogue, are they? I could just see them coming back. I feel like. The the rules, the guardrails that we've had for jeans for the last ten years are are going up in flames, and I think it's it's the wild wild west. The train's Mm -hmm. going off the tracks, folks. But I do I think that I think that for Gen Z, it's really all about that mom jean look that you know we've all been sporting for like six years. So cool. We'll see. Cool your yeah. Cool your kittens. What is it? Cool your horses. I don't know. Cool Cool your jets. Phrases. Cool your jets. Ex- hold your horses. Cool your jets, kids. Um, also, I now feel extremely self conscious because I feel like a a fraud when I send a skull emoji to mean laughing. Uh, it's because I'm, yeah, it's not it's not natural. For I'm me. purely doing I mean, it because I'm, I'm I, ashamed. For the record, y'all, I years ago made a joke about how if you ever want to just like act like a boomer. Or respond to a boomer in like a in a way that a boomer will understand. You just send four laughing crying faces, and then like it's done. It's taken care of. It's handled. Um, like for you know someone's like friend's mom from high school comments something on your photo. That's all you have to do that's what you that's how you take care of it. Um, so I I will say that okay, so I what you're saying is you had this thought. I had the thought ago. that the laughing crying face was like a, a was a way to connect with boomers, um, and a way to speak their own language. I don't really use that face, tbh, all that often. So what face do you use? One. To I say use that. The, the absolutely crying one. Like what? Or I use like the, oh yeah, I do the sob you know, face. Or for I do sure. the one that's like that one. Yeah, and I yeah, do the and I do the cowboy as well. One. So I think we're in the clear. Anyway, I think we're in the clear too. I just I also want to say to Gen Z that you've never had you've literally never had it better. Um, right. So you grew up in a generation where Victoria's Secret was basically canceled mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the image of perfection was not, you know, like like anorexic models it was you oh. know body acceptance, positivity, like like stand right. down. You don't even know how good you have it. Do not take away side parts from us. Don't take away skinny jeans. I feel oh. look, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's true. They've literally never had a better there's never been a better world to grow up in as, like, a woman. Can I say that? Besides like, this, despite the she-session that's happening. It's like the youngest child in the family attacking mm-hmm. the oldest, who had to deal with when their parents were still right. struggling, who had to deal with, you know, the less illustrious times. Suddenly, that youngest child who's been in the most posh and polished of surroundings coming at you, and we're not it's here like, for it. It's like, sit down. Amen. All right. Well, it's been close to an hour. And, you know, I think that's probably enough for I think people. So. We'll be back next week. All right. Well, Chan, it's been a pleasure. You guys will be on wherever you can find your podcasts and now on YouTube. Spread the word Everyone, Work Wednesday. a little soft. If you like this, please definitely tell your friends, help the podcast stay alive. Um, please, if you don't like this, literally, please don't do anything. Just do not post anything a you. Are. Do not yeah. post anything. I'm very scared about the YouTube comments right, already know. because YouTube comments are, are savage. Coming for us. But I guess we'll see what we happens. Okay, all right. Bye. Love you. Love you. Bye. That's all for now, folks.